I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. We've had COVID. <laughs> and now we're back. I got. I gave you COVID. You got my COVID. Yes, exactly. I told you it wasn't safe to go out there. And then I, I uh, nursed you back to health. I made you homemade soup every single day. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Anyway, folks, that's what we've been doing. We've been laying around with COVID, but it wasn't too bad because, um, because we've been vaccinated and boosted, so it was like a cold. Kind of a bad cold in my case and a more like almost like allergies in your case. Yeah. So get vaccinated and boosted, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, COVID wasn't that bad. We survived. Now we're invincible. We can go out and yep. do whatever we want to do. <clears throat> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the long term effects. Um, you know, we'll see. Anyway, <laughs> um, while we were uh, in bed, bedridden with the cove, um, they overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, and there was a just endless number of things in the news about that. Um, but one of my favorite ones, which I, I know that you're going to appreciate, um, it's about the poet uh, Amanda Gorman. Oh, my God. The one who, oh, yeah. when during the inauguration, you were just losing your mind <laughs> how bad she was, like, yelling at the TV. I just, the, our society has gotten to the point where you basically, like, like a 12-year-old. I, I remember, I think I said something like, this sounds like she should be, like, she should be writing these poems down in, like, a notebook with a, with a glittery unicorn on the cover. This just sounds like yeah. a like a twelve year old wrote this crap. So a little background on Amanda Gorman. She was the first National Youth Poet Laureate in 2017, which was a new thing they made up um, to honor people who <laughs> make really good woke political <laughs> tools, even if they have no talent artistically. If you look up the National Poet Laureate thing, it'll explain to you that there have been, I think, what, five since 2017? Mm -hmm. So there's been five winners, all of whom write uh, about very woke themes, none of whom are male. So woke women, preferably of color. <laughs> So just just going down, I'm, I just pulled this up on my phone here. Just going down the list of winners, uh, you have here's the things you have. Okay, race and gender politics. That's Amanda Gorman. Next, you have gentrification and uh, queer youth. Next winner writes about uh, uh, what do we have? Uh, gender equality. Uh, next one, racial disparity. Next one, racial identity. You get the message. <laughs> so anyway, there's a deal. And, um, you know, Amanda Gorman, besides just being really awful and having no talent as a poet, I mean, I get that, you know, like, that's great that she's like a voice uh, for, you know, the politics that she believes in. And she goes out and does that. But, you know, <laughs> anyway, I'll get to that. 
Yeah. And so in 2017, she was the first person to be named to the National Youth Poet Laureate. She was chosen from five finalists. Um, And then later on, she was chosen to read her her inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb. Which was so bad. Oh and God, then later, just that title, the hill we climb. Yeah, oh, man. And then I had a um, the most hilarious thing was I just didn't I just like filed that away and didn't even think about it because it was so bad. And then I was taking this graphic design class, and the final for that class was to take her poem and make like um like a poster reimagining it. You know, like a text text slash photo thing, a graphic image. And I actually had to read it and then, like, try to piece it together. It was just so bad. Oh, my God. I hate everything that has happened to everything. Yeah. So what's going on with her now? Is she back in the news? Um. Well, yeah. So she, um, she responded to uh, the Roe v. Wade thing. Um, first of all, she tends to post a lot of her newest poems just on her Twitter feed. And so that, for some reason, just makes it seem even more like it's the diary or journal of, like, a 24-year-old who has absolutely no idea what she's doing. Yeah, totally. And somebody said, yeah, your poems are really good. And so then she just was like, oh, great. I should just post them (laughs) immediately. Oh, my God. Um, So she, on Juneteenth, um, I'll give you a taste before we get to the Roe v. Wade ones. On Juneteenth, um, she wrote... Unshackled from terror, to love is how we vow that we are here, that we are. It is how we break free. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. Is that wait? So is that a tweet or is that supposed to be like a poem? These are her, th- these are her poems. And she tweeted. She tweets it, them, but it's a poem. But she's tweeting it. Yeah, it's hard to tell the difference. Um, that's awful. I mean, it's like it's it, but you know what it is like. Okay, like I get that. Like some people like. I'm always at odds with everybody about like, you know, aesthetics and whatever, like people like crap. That's the, I mean, it's like that it exists and that people like it is just what makes you want to kill yourself. But okay. So I won't argue about like whether it's good or not, because it's subjective and blah, blah, blah. But I'll say this for sure (laughs) is that it's a perfect example of what's happened to like to, you know, art and quotation, umbrella term for anything, the creative arts, whatever. It's what's happened across the board, which is that we're getting more and more to this point where we say, when we say like something is good, what we mean, what we mean is that, uh, you know, we agree with it ideologically. What we like is the, tr- the, the little, you know, whatever bullshit transcendent narrative it's spewing for our culture we are on the side of that so we go like i i'm on the side of this politically so i like it like artistically and that's like that's because there's nothing there to that poem except that the only thing that's there is the message and you see that more and more and more which is again like we talk about with academic art you know like it's like the reason it's good like you go oh i oh i like this what you mean is i like the message that it's that it's putting forth that's not art Right. That's not what art is. I mean, and somebody can just step in and go like, well, well who are you to say? Well, okay. So I guess, you know, you, you, I can't win. So whatever. Well, I think. But um, I think it's crap. <laughs> well, that's just the first one. Um, the one that really got her in the news um, was her one. Well, they have like a she, she's made a couple that have 
been received um, rather poorly. <laughs> uh, so the first okay. one was the one that she posted. That's encouraging. Get ready for this one, okay? Okay. We will not be delayed. We will not be masquerade to tell the tale of a handmaid. We will not let Roe v. Wade slowly fade because <laughs> when we show up today, we're already standing up with the tomorrow, with the tomorrow we made. Are you kidding me? And then me? at the end of it, she says, let's get to work. And she includes a link to Roe v. Wade, what you can do. Oh, my God. So let's just go back over so that. So when she learned her we, rhyming scheme, she's still in that phase of like, I write poems. Every line do, rhymes with the next line. Let's just do a Is bit that, of deconstruction here. First oh my, two lines. I love the masquerade as mm -hmm. a we will not. What is it? We will not be delayed. Yeah. We will not be masquerade. We will not be masquerade. To tell the tale of a handmaid. Handmade. Not even like handmade, but H-A-N-D-M-A-D-E. We will not be masquerade. To tell the tale of a handmaid. So the internet basically blew up with the fact that what the fuck is she saying? We will not be masquerade. It doesn't matter. They rhyme. I mean, I said masquerade instead of masqueraded or whatever because that's what I needed to do with the. I mean, that's fine. Just go write a fucking folk song. Masquerade. Go write a, a stupid verb, like though. little chamber folk song because that's you know you fit right in. One of the top um, responses to this tweet is, "I see that affirmative action has come to the world of poetry." Well, exactly. I mean, that's and that's somebody, and of course, that's a racist, and everybody's going to be like, "Look at this racist hate speech." That guy's probably already gotten blocked on but Twitter. The other one is, is <laughs> but that's exactly is this, what it is. Somebody asked, "Is this an artificially artificial intelligence generated poem?" Sounds like it because the language is all it's awkward. The meter's all fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you're learning French. Like in my class earlier, he said, "You know." when you're learning French, you say like, you talk like this. Yeah. Because you, you're trapped yeah. in baby talk. Yeah. Until you, yeah. That's when you learn a new language, right? Here's another one. A handmaid's tale. Handmade. Once again, it's not handmade. Oh, I love that, as that in reference. M-A-I-D. It's M-A-D-E. Our men must be spayed. So the girls in fifth grade may not be dismayed, nor be made to be crusade against the decayed parade of callous charades that pervade our man-made world. Free to get laid in braids and eye, eye shade, not weighted and displayed like victims of a new age slave trade. Yesterday's tomorrow beckons like the gleaming star from a future's past and history's present awaits. She's got a brilliant future ahead of her writing for Hallmark. <laughs> Our men must be spayed so the girls in fifth grade may not be dismayed. Wow. You know, I, a couple of things I'd like to say. If I wrote a poem that said uh, women need to be spayed, if I said that right now on the podcast seriously and I said, you know, women need to, women need to be sterilized – Literally, that's what she's saying, right? She's saying men need to be spayed so that so that girls are safe, so that fifth grade girls are safe. Is that what she's saying? Like, so that men need to be spayed so girls in fifth grade need not be dismayed or something. Is that what she said? First of all, just the the shift, the the the, the scansion is the, the 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 rhyme scheme. The scansion. I mean, what? It's so awful. Like, are this is is this the is this your first time? trying to write poetry 
because that's what you do when you when when you tell, tell a five year old like let's try to write poetry. We have, it's poetry camp day, kids. I guess I'm glad that her suckiness is coming to light now to everybody because good. I mean, like the people that thought it was the people that 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 lifted her to this height are going to have to deal with the fact that that they betrayed their positions and this is a farce, you know, because. It's. I hope it's very embarrassing for them, and I hope it gets worse and worse when they have to, you know, start admitting to themselves, like, oh, I guess it was because she's black. Oh, I guess it was because she's just saying the shit that we want somebody to say. She's like our little figurehead of, like, our ideological figurehead that we need. Right. You know, art should not be just an ideological tool for political parties. Remember, like, um, in Hitler's Germany, how, like, all of a sudden, like, <laughs> like the only art that can be made is art that like specifically like glorifies the Fuhrer, you know? What do you people think this shit is? Can you not see the connections, honestly? Yeah. Well, she um she's once again in the news, uh, most recently because she made a Fourth of July poem, um, reimagining, I guess, the Star Spangled Banner. Um, and It says, oh, say, can we see by the gone's early flight what so loudly we failed at the morn lights past gleaming, whose flawed stripes and strifed scars through the perilous plight, our wan hearts we watched stirred and valiantly screaming and the rifle's dead glare, bullets bursting in air gave truth in our sight that our flag was not spared. Oh, say, does that scar-mangled banner yet save our land of the free and the home of the brave? So people sort of responded. It was a bit split with this one. Some people were like, this is amazing. You know, it's really speaking to all of the issues in America right now. And a lot of people were like, if you, it's sort of hypocritical because she was the one to give the inaugural poem at the inauguration. So how is she then turning around and just writing this like American hate filled poem yeah. saying this country is the worst. I would say, um, again, like I, like the story I told in, you know, when I was young and I had that shirt that said Columbus day as a celebration of oppression and genocide, you know, and my, I remember a friend of mine saying like, don't you think that's kind of hypocritical of you to wear that shirt, you know, since you live here and everything. And I, and I, and I said something like, you know, <clears throat> no, I don't. I think that's like the whole American spirit is that, you know, you're, you know, I'm free to walk around with a shirt like this because this isn't like, you know, um, what's a good, what's a good example of a country? Uh, <laughs> North Korea. This isn't North Korea. This isn't wherever, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't an oppressive regime, supposedly, right? Um, so that's cool. That's like, but, but what you're saying exactly, like, weren't you, I'm sorry, weren't you just the like inaugural tool a couple of months ago, you know? Also, I want to add to my previous uh, statement, uh, you know, about like, I'm glad people are seeing how much she sucks. That was a stupid thing to say because people aren't going to see how much she sucks because I, I, it's just me being naive again because I just, I can never, I never cease to be amazed at how stupid you can be and people still like it and people don't even realize that it's terrible. I always go like, aha, now they'll see, you know? Right. This well, this this yeah, this latest Marvel comics uh, superhero movie that came out finally we'll see that that society has just reached a dead end and now we're getting now there's going to be a renaissance. Wait, no, 
the the movie made eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the uh, conservative political commentator uh, Ben Shapiro he <laughs> um, spoke out about her poem, calling it bad and boring. <laughs> that's that's the real point, you know. Like ideologically, whatever you think, it's just bad. It's like we said. We said about uh, turning red with that in that episode we did about turning red. Um, like no matter what, whatever you think of the wokeness, wokeness aside, it's just executed badly. Yeah, you know, it's just not. It's just. It's just a bad film. Well, and also, like he makes the point that, like you know, it is virtue signaling to be like, oh my gosh, her work is amazing because she's like a minority and she's totally. been oppressed yeah. and she's experienced this. So we have to say it's you all want great. To like her work, her, her poetry, because if you don't, it's almost racist to not like her poetry. I guess, right? Yeah, that's an extension of the the sort of you know, so the twist that they do on you. That's <laughs> about that. I just, I wanted to read you those poems because you, I that knew that you were gonna. I was just sort of scrolling through this while I'm talking here, and I just what was this quote I just came across? There was this thing about her getting racially profiled by a security guard near her home. Hmm. And uh, she said, you know, that's the reality of black girls. One day you're an icon. The next day you're a threat. In a sense, he was right. I am a threat. A threat to injustice, to inequality, to ignorance. Anyone who speaks the truth and walks with hope is an obvious and fatal danger to the powers that be. A threat and proud. That's the kind of thing she says a lot. Very vague. Mm -hmm. Very, they're out to get us. And we are power, and we're all victims, and we will take the power back. Look, like Amanda Gorman went to a private school, one award after another was just was handed to her. She went to Harvard. She's rich, and all of that is specifically because she is a black woman, a young black woman who is photogenic and bitches about woke politics. <laughs> Anybody trying to translate her work has to be black and has to be a woman. They've like they'll hire like a white guy to translate it and then they'd fire him because he's there like, oh wait, we forgot he's a white man. <laughs> like, well, he's a great translator. He translates everything for us. Now fuck him. It's gotta be black, gotta be a woman. Because only a black woman could know about the this the, the shit that, that Amanda Gorman is is putting down in her poetry. Except if you read Amanda Gorman's poetry, it's shit. <laughs> and it's not anything that anybody couldn't write about. I can write about the black experience as well as Amanda Gorman because she's not saying shit. She's just talking in super vague, super vague language about kind of power and prevailing and et cetera. You know, I can say things like that too. I can say, you know, we will not be held down. We will rise. You know, it's just crap. Yeah, but Amanda Gorman, you know, give it a rest with the with the, the personal oppression thing. That's cool. She wants to run for president in 2036 or something. She, uh, you know, and who knows, maybe she'll win. I mean, she's just she's just an image. Um, again, this is nothing personal. You're just a bad poet. You don't deserve to be where you are. But, you know, you're privileged. You're way more privileged than I am, okay? Class-wise, you may be black and you may be a woman, you went to a private school. And by the way, that's half the reason why you got the attention that you got to begin with. Because somehow you went to a private school, which opened up all these doors, which then gave you awards, which opened up other doors, which led you to going to Harvard. Now, how, like, how did you go to Harvard, right? <laughs> and then once at Harvard, then you get chosen to be the Poet Youth Laureate of the United States. 
okay? Now you're privileged, rich, famous, powerful. Every stupid word you fucking put on the page (laughs) is read by millions of people. So you can stop bitching now, okay? And by the way, (laughs) say, I could spend my whole life beating my head against the wall as a writer. No one will ever read it. So you should be glad that you are a black girl. That's why you're rich and powerful and famous. So, you know, maybe just get over yourself. So anyway, and really the last thing I want to say about that is just like, like I say about a lot of things, you know, it does, it it wouldn't have to be such a big deal. I wouldn't be sitting here on a podcast talking about, talking about how ridiculously bad this poet that we just saw down at the coffee shop was or something like we wouldn't go to like an open mic poetry slam down at the local coffee shop and then get on a podcast and make fun of the people there. The reason why (laughs) this is significant is that this person is elevated to this completely undeserved rank. And it's the same reason why we talk about so many issues with identity politics is because it's just basically, it's just so much of this is just stupid kids sounding like stupid kids and being stupid kids and all of these like tweets and TikTok videos and stuff that are out there (laughs) that are just, they're just like kids being rebellious. That's all it is. I'm sorry, guys, but that's what it is. You're just being like rebellious. And, and, you know, there's no way for me to say this without sounding like old and out of touch or whatever, but that's okay. That's what happens when you grow up a little bit and you realize like every, every, thought and feeling that crosses your mind when you're 20 years old isn't actually necessarily super fucking profound and original. In fact, it's almost guaranteed to not be. And that's one of the, the, the crappy lessons of life is as you grow older is that, you know, you know, it's all been done before. And it's, it's a crappy lesson as far as it's a blow to your originality, but it also is a good lesson because there's company and people, a lot of, a lot of smart, wise, talented people have done a lot of amazing things that you can learn from but right now there's just you know old guy rant there's no (laughs) respect for that at all right it just sounds it's just but every the thing is like when i was 20 doing my stupid 20 year old you know rebellious thing that everybody does you know right you know thank god i didn't have like i mean it just didn't exist at that time for me to like put every thought that i had on the internet for millions of people to potentially see and then to lift me up and elevate me, which we talk about all the time with social media. It's like the same thing, like, you know, cutting yourself, you know, has a lot more of a purpose once Tumblr comes along, you oh, know? Oh, don't get me started on Tumblr. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like performative self-harm, performative depression, performative mental illness, performative trauma, you know, getting on the internet day after day after day and selling your trauma and realizing that, when you, when you start feeling a little better and you make a post about like feeling okay and happy with your boyfriend, nobody gives a shit. And then you make another post about how suicidal you feel and blah, blah, blah. And you get like, you get like 900, you know, likes and people just doing all this compulsory, like, uh, it's that, that compulsory, uh, validation thing that everybody mm-hmm. does, you know, not to go too far off the, off the topic there, but just the point of that was just to say that. Amanda Gorman is just, she's just like, so what? She's just like a 20-year-old writing shitty poetry. 
making, you know, trying to trying to make a statement through language. That's great. That's what everybody does. But she doesn't deserve to be where she is. And the only reason she is is because she is a symbol and a token and, you know, like a figurehead in a way. Yeah. And you- it does, it sh- I think it should bother us that that you basically have like like white liberal America having fun with their little black poet. You know, that should feel like pet bohemianism is what it should feel like. Look at oh, this is our little pet bohemian, our pet our, our pet poet of color. It makes us feel good about ourselves to say that we love her poetry. Right. Shouldn't that isn't that insulting? I think it's I think it is. Well it it, it makes you sort of feel bad for her, um, for a couple different reasons. Like I mean, we're the exact same age. Like we're both twenty four. And I can't that's how, that's how old she is, twenty four. Uh, yeah. I cannot imagine if like something that I wrote trying to be artsy other than I'm not talking about like a little tweet that says something, but like I cannot imagine if something that I wrote, I just put out there and it got that much attention because I know for a fact that because I'm 24, it's going to be absolute shit. It's not going to be good. So the fact right, it's actually like like God help you if that actually happened. If you had the thing that everybody wants is for that to happen, but like, isn't that actually the worst thing that could happen to you? Yeah, I mean, she has to be on a level like a certain level, like mortified of the fact that her her little twenty four year old ramblings and musings are now being like talked about by Ben Shapiro and literally torn apart by people. Well, it's probably the same thing. I mean, I totally get yeah your point there. I think it's probably the same thing that happens to, you know to musicians that that make it really young and all that kind of stuff is that you just you just keep doubling down and doubling down. You know, you sound yeah. terrible, you sound stupid, you're 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 full of nothing and you can't stand that feeling. So you're just going to keep doubling down and get it and and just keep keep upping the upping the stakes, upping the stakes and like just keep insisting to yourself that this crap is great. Right. And you're just going to fail to develop a personality in any other way and your entire identity will be based around being the fucking prima donna poet who can walk into the poem and say amanda has arrived mm-hmm. you know it's like, like a musician like, who makes like a terrible cheesy one-hit wonder when he's like 27 and that's your whole life and you're gonna be playing in shopping <laughs> yeah. malls 30 years later you know <laughs> playing in festivals still playing the same the same hit song you know yeah. oh my it's funny that you said, I was thinking earlier when we were talking about this, is just, again, it's like, the, it's like the thing that's always happened, you know, like, you know, anyway, it's, uh, you know, but okay. So I guess we've talked long enough about. Yeah. Well, about that's the, the poem. This, that's the state of the um, poetry, the United States poetry, American poetry. So that's poetry. the state of art in America today is um, an eight year old with a unicorn notebook somehow became the. Poet Laureate, sorry, the Youth Poet Laureate. Yeah. Um, so then there's Elliot Page, who's in the news with Jordan Peterson. Ah, um, because Jordan, Elliot Page. Uh, Jordan Peterson has been suspended from Twitter indefinitely. Um, yes. Poor Jordan Peterson. He made a very heartfelt and teary-eyed 15-minute-long video of him deconstructing the tweet that got him banned. Um. So he's, yeah, so basically he called Elliot Page, Ellen Page, um, by dead naming All he said, he said something like, what what did he actually say? He said, 
Uh, well, I, first of all, okay, for any for people, if anybody out there is listening and doesn't know this, uh, you know, Elliot Page is, uh, you know, was born Ellen Page. <laughs> this is like the, this is what Jordan Peterson got blocked for for basically just saying this. You know, he said Ellen Page can change her name to Elliot Page. That that's exactly what happened. That's not transphobic, and that's not dead naming. People are out there saying. That's the, oh, listening to Jordan Peterson cry about, about how he's gotten blocked from Twitter after making straight up transphobic remarks is my new favorite thing. You know, whoever, you know, whatever kids are saying that, go fuck yourself because it's not transphobic. And people who just throw that slur around brainlessly like that in the way that, in a way that doesn't even make sense, you just use transphobic whenever you mean something that you don't like. Then you know that's just you are you're a Nazi. That's what you are because that's or you're the kind of person you would have been using the N word if you grew up somewhere else in the fifties or whatever. That, that's that's what you would have been doing. You would have been calling everybody. You would have been calling your neighbor out as a communist. You would have been calling every black person the N word, or you would have been a Nazi because you just use words without thinking about them because people told you what to do. You think you're this rebel? You're just doing exactly what they told you to do. So think about your words before you say them. First of all, there's my angry rant about that. But okay, back to the story. So Ellen Page, born Ellen Page, um, trans Elliot Page now. Isn't even... Okay, so that's fine. I can use he and not dead name him. I know, you better be careful. Otherwise, you'll get totally wiped (laughs) off the face of the internet. Before anybody ever even heard of me. Well, first of all, uh, Peterson shared in his tweet. Let's just get that out there. Um, He dead named transgender actor Elliot Page and... um, called the doctor who performed the mastectomy on them a criminal physician. And he also, so I can't actually find the tweet because it's just been deleted from the internet. Yeah, it's erased from history. But this is just an excerpt from different parts. This is not the full tweet. Um, He then recalls a time, this article says, when pride was a sin. So he goes a little bit far. (laughs) Um, So then he gets suspended um, and then Ben... Who is it? Ben Shapiro. Oh, Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report posts a screenshot of it, um, although it doesn't violate any of Twitter's rules um, for conduct. He then uh, posts a screenshot of it and he gets taken down. He got suspended for that. Right. right? And then a bunch of other people um, like conservative right wing commentators, etc., were tweeting the name Ellen Page instead of Elliot Page, and they also got suspended just for using That's the name. And Ellen Page, uh, Elliot, oh, oh my God, there I go. There she goes. <laughs> She's gone, folks. Um, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Elliot Page. Yeah, she says, <laughs> and Ellen Page, oops. And then you hear like, <laughs> the fucking KGB is outside. Yeah, so... um. To my knowledge, Elliot Page has not said anything about this happening. Like, they didn't comment on the original Peterson tweet. They haven't said anything about all these people getting basically erased from the face of the internet for calling them by their old name. Elliot Page doesn't need to do anything. Just sitting there in the position of power, just just sitting back, watching it happen, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I receive in the mail for some unknown reason. All of a sudden, apparently, I have like a subscription to Esquire magazine. Like all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, this Esquire magazine, we have a bad habit of not checking our mail very often. So we get the mail the other day and there's like two or three Esquire magazines piled up in there. And on the most recent one, I guess it's the most recent one, 
Elliot Page is on the cover. Let me just take a moment to describe this cover, okay? Um, the cover should say, like the headline said, what was the headline? I don't even remember what the cover says, but the cover should say, this is a man. Or, you know, this is what a man looks like. Or the new men. Because basically what we've come to is... And then the euphoria of Elliot the Page. The euphoria of Elliot Page. Thanks. In his own words, the actor and advocate talks about his childhood, his career, his transition, and his life, though not necessarily in that order. Okay. Let me just present some actual facts. So, Okay, so what we have is we have a biologically female person on the cover of a magazine that essentially is proclaiming the manliness and masculinity of this person. Uh all of the pictures on the inside, there's this whole spread of all these, the, the very, it's typical, it basically looks like, like a Calvin Klein shoot of a man that looks, you know, just like models have been looking for a while, kind of androgynous and whatever. If you look at the face, obviously you're looking at a biological female. Um, mm-hmm. Everything else though about Elliot Page is, what strikes me is that we have come to the point where subscribing to the rules of gender is completely unacceptable unless you are the opposite gender. Like, following the rules of masculinity is toxic for me, right? Because I'm a man. So if I wear wife beaters and go to the gym and post pictures of myself, like flexing my muscles and look at my six-pack of abs and I cut my hair really short, like, I'm a man. What's a man? I'm a man. I have short hair and I lift weights and I kind of have like a lumbering walk, you know, and I kind of have like lumbering, like mannish mannerisms and I'm kind of like, you know, people are going to look at me and be like, look at this insecure he must have like a little dick or something. That's what they're going to say. <laughs> People are going to look at me and see insecure, overcompensation, toxic, masculinity, bro culture bullshit, right? If you're a woman who does that, then it's it puts you on the cover. Being a man is okay as long as you're a woman. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at. Being a man is not okay unless you're a woman. Trans people, more than anybody else, they follow the rules of gender, following the rules of what does a man look like according to just down to the T, you know, to like what are all the most superficial traditional rules of masculinity. I'm going to do that. So Mm -hmm. everybody thinks I'm a man and I can pass as a man. So here's Elliot Page, short hair, biceps, a tank top, like a wife beater, like the tank top rolled up so you can see this six pack of abs and just the whole, all of the posturing and the mannerisms are so typically like, you know, like, hey, look, everybody, I'm a man. It's like, we just watched All of Me with Steve Martin the other day. (laughs) And there's this scene where, I'm going to do a video about this, okay? Um, Where, and I'll post it, you know, with with like, I'm going to do a video, I'm going to post it on the YouTube, You Can't Have It Both Ways channel, which I'm starting up, okay? And it's going to be a little clip from this movie where... Steve Martin has been possessed by a woman. So he's still himself. He's a man and he has control of one side of his body, but he also hears the thoughts of a woman and she has the control of the other side of his body, right? And then he's in a courtroom as a lawyer and he falls asleep. So she's the only one who's awake 
and he's asleep, so she only has control of one side of her body, and she stands up, and she's got to pretend to be him. So she's like, okay, act like a man. Act like a man. What does a man do? And so she's, so you have Steve Martin walking around doing what, like, a real man does, like, lumbering around. <laughs> like, he's, like, he's like spitting in the courtroom and throwing his foot up on the desk and everything and just throwing his crotch out. That's what Elliot Page yeah. is doing, you know? Like, we have lost interest in biological men acting like men, right? Even to say that, it's like, oh, well, I guess if by men you mean blah, 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 all these toxic things. But when Elliot Page does all these things, it's heroic. We put them on the cover. We'll name the fucking high school after you. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's what we've come to is that we, we are teaching every boy and every man out there, by which I mean biologically male. If you are biologically male, masculinity is evil. Acting like a man is something you have to fight with every impulse all day long, every day. If you're biologically female, you can follow the rules in the most the most derivative, unimaginative, traditional, passing bullshit thing. And the, the more you look like to traditional bro guy, whatever, the more you can look like that, like make sure whatever you do, make sure your clothes are drab and boring and uninteresting. I mean, Jesus, they're like homophobes. You know, they're like the kind of man who would be accused of being a homophobe because everything you do is so, so over the top. Like, you know, I'm a man, I'm a man. This is what men do. Like, I wouldn't want to be accused of seeming feminine or like, God forbid, somebody might call me, like somebody might call me a fairy. You know, yeah. it's like those kind of super insecure men, right? And that's, so that's what I, that's, what, looking at this cover of Elliot Page, that's the first thing that occurs to me. It's just how, how bizarre that is to where it's almost like a caricature of manliness. It's not a caricature in the way like being a drag queen is like an intentional caricature, right? For theatricality mm-hmm. and stuff. It's not that. It's like, so it's not caricature. It's the opposite. It's like, it's like, I want to look so much like a man that, that my masculinity is invisible and I can just pass right through. You know, that's, that's the goal is to pass, right, I guess. Um, and, of course, society insists that we, we, we cannot even acknowledge that this is actually a biological female in there. This person I'm looking at, this man with his six-pack, I cannot acknowledge that there's a pussy in those pants. Because if I do, I'll get blocked. That's what happened to Jordan Peterson. Blocked. Gone. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I agree that he's, going, he's saying things that are offensive and going too far in places. I agree. I'm not, I'm not like Mr. Jordan Peterson fan guy. I've never, I've never been that. But, but I'm saying when we've come to the point where we're going to start like disallowing the speech of anybody who does not, who does not you know, profess woke ideology, that's a, that's a problem, people. You need to wake up. This is not good. You know, I mean, these other people, like he says whatever and they're going to block him. That's bad enough. That's really bad. But everybody else, they're just acknowledging. They're just like, hey, Jordan Peterson got blocked. Bam. Alien, you're going to block me for saying that this person's previous name? Are you kidding me? What if I change my name right now and anybody on the internet who ever says my name is going to get blocked instantly? Who, who do I think I am to have that? That's insane. That's insane. Two words, thought police. You know, mm-hmm. every time I, ever, I've been saying that for years and people are like, oh, you're so dramatic. You're so dramatic. It's not that. Give me a break. You've just been, you're spoiled. You live in this country. Really? It's this, if this isn't thought police shit, I don't know what is. 
You know, we're there, people. This is 1984. Wake up. But at the same time, the other side's just the other side's going crazy too. I'm not trying to just fuel this 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 polarization. I mean, that's what I do on this show because again, I'm talking to mostly like lefty people on this show. So I'm saying like your side is fucked up, people. Because we know those like crazy right wingers are crazy too, right? Like we know that. So I just kind of concentrate on how messed up woke things are because people don't seem to realize. So anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's funny. Um, the guy from The Sopranos has died. Wait, which guy? James Gandolfini died a long time ago. Polly Walnuts. Oh, Polly Walnuts. To- to- Tony Sirico. 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 Yeah. The guy who played Polly? Yeah. There? Yeah. He just died. Mm-hmm. He was 79. That's a pretty good run. He was bombastic and ferociously funny. That'd be a good thing to be called when you're dead. You're bombastic. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that word a lot. Not about dead people, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, Elon Musk is not buying Twitter. He just pulled out of the $44 billion Twitter deal. Ah. Um, but now experts are saying that he can't just walk away from it because they were thinking, oh, there was an Elon Musk thing in the news about sort of related to this um it came out that uh you know he was i don't i doubt you know this <laughs> there's this musician named grimes yeah i've heard yeah. of grimes okay Grimes, but her real name's claire um, are you sure you're not gonna get blocked for that <laughs> <laughs> no that's her, it's her stage name i meant to real. mention that earlier about stage i'm sorry real quick digression like <sighs> like okay jerome silberman renames himself gene wilder <laughs> right, but, it, but like admitting the fact that like like somebody a journalist printing the fact that like he was born Jerome Silverman, that's not a cause. That's not a hate crime for me to to like put out the fact that his his real name isn't Gene Wilder. Cary mm-hmm. Grant's real name wasn't Cary Grant. That's not a hate crime. It's a fact. Yeah, you know. Now, if I go up to Elliot Page, if I'm hanging out with Elliot Page. And I go, hey, Alan, you want some, do we need to stop at the store and get you some tampons? I mean, that would be fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) So Elon Musk is briefly in the news, but now he's even more in the news. Um, He, so he and Grimes, Grimes Claire Bouncer, I think her name is, singer, much younger than him. They have like, I think almost the same age gap as we do. Um, they have had two children together. The first one she actually carried. The second one they had with a surrogate. Um, the first baby's name is XAEA12. What? And it's they just call him X. That's their son. So then their second kid that they had with a surrogate is EXA Dark Sidorel. S I D E R and the A and the E are together. L. Oh, Sidereal is pronounced sidereal. Sidereal. So E X A dark sidereal. Uh, as for sidereal, Grimes said that it's a more elven spelling of sidereal, the true name of the universe, star time, deep space time, not our relative Earth time. 
So anyway, so she and Elon Musk had a baby again last year. They have had two. Um, but it recently came out that uh, six, something crazy, like six weeks before their baby with the surrogate was born, one of Elon Musk's top executives at uh, the technology firm or whatever gave birth to his twins. And then he, during that time, um, right after they were born, was like on like a three month long vacation in like the Bahamas or something. So there were two women out there with three ah. of his newborn babies, and he wasn't there doing anything for either one of them. <laughs> He's like, sorry, baby, I gotta go build a spaceship or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Can't, you know. <laughs> So that's about that. Anyway, so now he's not buying Twitter, so... Man. he It would have been interesting, though, if he had bought it, because that would have probably... I mean, I'm sure he would have had some say over the stuff like Jordan Peterson getting banned. Like, it's incredible. You know, like he was, much, the reason yeah. why he wanted to buy it was because he was saying, you know, like, we have to protect free speech, and we have to, like, you know, the internet is becoming this, like, weird place where... Like it's just bots and like the metaverse or whatever, and yeah. we need to like get it back to so why is anybody what it should be? Um, not that I'm like Mr. Elon Musk guy here. I'm just after months of growing Twitter doubt worse. that he intended to close the deal. Musk's lawyer sent a letter to Twitter, arguing that he has the right to drop out of the agreement because Twitter hasn't given him f- enough information about the company's business. Um, he's terminating the merger agreement, the letter attached said, but Twitter's board hit back at the billionaire Friday, saying that it would pursue legal action to enforce the deal. Legal experts have said that it will be difficult for Musk to just walk away from the agreement. The agreement also has a $1 billion breakup fee, which by the way is a fee if you ever try to break up with me. Um, Friday's development sets the stage for a legal battle that will that could very likely stretch for months and signals more uncertainty for a social media company that has been embatted, embattled by leadership changes, a failing share price, and low morale. Twitter has plunged into chaos since Musk announced his intentions to take over the firm in April. Employees were fearing layoffs and significant change of operations under the billionaire, and they've been looking for new jobs as Musk has regularly aired his criticisms of the business in his in tweets of his own. Um, so, yeah. So why didn't they block him? Why didn't they uh, ban him from Twitter right before they sold it to him? Gee, I wonder. I don't think they can block him. It's not. <laughs> they blocked They blocked Trump. Or they've removed Trump. See, this is an interesting uh, question, too. I wanted to bring that up about Twitter. Okay. Like... Like, personally, I thought when they blocked Trump, that was great. You know, because Trump was saying things, he was spreading. I mean, Twitter was giving him, uh, you know, a giant platform to spread disinformation about About the pandemic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I thought that was great that they blocked him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they also block, you know, then they block somebody just for like saying the name Ellen Page. So this is an interesting kind of moment, you know, where you have to say, (laughs) you know, it just calls on us. I I don't think you have to get so crazy with the rules of consistency to say like, well, you either block, you know, you can block anybody you want or you can't block anybody at all. It doesn't, you know, it's, it doesn't, it's not that, but the, the rules have to be clear, you know, 
if mm-hmm. if if you're gonna get if you're getting blocked because like you know the rules of Twitter as I understand them are basically like you you're not allowed to do anything that 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 threatens another person encourages violence against that other person you know that sort of thing right um, but the definition of that has gotten pretty loosey goosey <laughs> you know to use somebody's previous name before they change their name because they're trans is placing their life in danger. You know, you guys, this, again, this is this overstatement of harm, you know, like this is such a stretch. Like if Jordan Peterson uses the name Ellen, then somebody out there who's super transphobic and more violent than Jordan Peterson is going to, that's going to be the final straw. And then that person's going to go try to kill Elliot Page. Is that the idea? So we're gonna so so we're gonna hold Jordan Peterson responsible for that. You know where does where does that stop? That's you, that's just not a society cannot function like this. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs>